Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Hey everyone, it's Sherry Stahl, host of the Soul H2O radio and podcast show. I'm so excited you've tuned in for today's episode, a Labor Day special. I hope you listen to the show and follow along with the work assessment God led me on. Downloadable Soul H2O journal pages help you dive deep into the teaching segment and quench your spiritual thirst. They can be found on today's show notes at soulh2o.com slash 78, along with a download I'll tell you about later. Our inbox talk for this week comes from an old school friend, Carrie, from Beamsville, Ontario, commented on a Facebook post of mine about the show and said, recently started listening and love it. Carrie, it was so great to hear from you, and I love that we're reconnecting. Now, it's time for us to dive in deep and get refreshed by this week's Soul H2O Devotion. So, how do you feel about your job? Do you wake up in the mornings energetic and excited to face the day? Thankful for the opportunity that you have to work? Or do you get the Sunday grumpies? You know that cloud of doom that looms over your head come late Sunday as your brain begins to shift out of weekend wistfulness to weekday wincing? Not liking your job is a major problem in this world. From a young age, we're told to dream big and follow your heart. But if the stats are right, over half of you listening to this show are dissatisfied with your workplace situation. The reasons range from autocratic bosses, toxic co-workers, unpleasant work environments, and excessive demands to alienating or tedious job responsibilities. For many people, their issue with work goes way past dissatisfaction. It's more on the level of hatred. You might feel stuck, have issues with coworkers, daily go to a workplace atmosphere that is competitive, demeaning, to downright degrading. The pace is rough, too fast or too slow. You can't make the schedule work or make your real life fit into the time outside of your work schedule. I saw a silly meme about work schedules that said, Welcome to the medical field where any day is a work day and holidays don't matter. For you, it might be an obnoxious client or an overbearing boss. There's a reason why the song Everybody's Working for the Weekend by Loverboy is still ranked number one on VH1's number 100 greatest songs of the 80s. I know it's just a fun fact, but I think it reveals something bigger. That there's a connection to the lyrics and sentiment of the song that tells us how many employees just want to get away from work. And the internet is full of proof to back up that thought. You can find countless and seriously ridiculous numbers of cat memes on Pinterest with sayings like, run, Monday's coming. I think it all stems from that annoying cat cartoon Garfield and his famous I hate Monday's graphics before there were such a thing as memes. Garfield also hated Tuesdays, not just Mondays. So many images of him with that moniker above his head. Another image said, nothing ruins a Friday more than an understanding that today is Tuesday. Then there's Wednesday, hump day. People started calling Wednesday hump day back in the 1950s to signify people getting over the hump, the mountain of work and being able to coast into the weekend. 
The memes are just as positive towards work on Wednesday as they are for Monday. Not positive at all. I saw one that I can share with you that says, Happy Hump Day. Almost there. It pictures a forlorn-looking dog laying flat on the floor, literally pooched, with no energy left in him. Almost there is talking about getting to the weekend. You spend too much time at work not to like it. Stats show that the average laborer works around 55 hours a week in North America. So you're working almost 33% of your life and sleeping takes up another 56 hours or 33% of your time, leaving you with less than one third of your life for free time. Working in an environment that you don't love is also bad for your health in so many ways. Studies show that a negative view towards your work or workplace causes physical, emotional, and mental stress that is proven to bring on disease in your body, brain, and emotions, leading to sickness, anxiety, and mental health issues. Wouldn't you love to be one of those people who write on the chalkboard wall, new Monday, new week, new goals? Well, that's how I believe God wants you to function in relation to work, and His Word has a lot to say about it. On today's episode, we're looking at God's view on work through His Word, and I think this will cause some major mindset shifts for you. I also think these 10 points can serve as an assessment tool for you. So much so that I've created a checklist you can download from the show notes at the end of this show, but just listen for now. And if you're thinking, what does God know about work? Well, he actually knows a lot. Isaiah 64 verse 8 says, yet you, Lord, are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are the work of your hand. You listening, you are actually God's handiwork. Your life was produced out of his labor, his labor of love. So here are the top 10 of God's thoughts on your work. The first is that God wants you to give your all at work. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. There's a great quote I heard from Ronald Heffitz that says, if you find what you do each day seems to have no link to any higher purpose, you probably want to rethink what you're doing. In actuality, you are serving God at your workplace if you set your mindset to think along the lines of Colossians 3.23 that said, everything you do is working for the Lord and not for the one paying for payroll. You can impact people for Christ wherever you go by living an exemplary life. If you're the happiest, best employee and coworker your workplace has ever seen, make your workplace your ministry. Secondly, God expects Christians to have the best work ethics. Proverbs 14.23 says that all hard work leads to a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Did you catch those words? God expects you to work hard. If you don't think so, listen up. Proverbs 18 verse 9 says, One who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. Jesus and God the Father work hard. Don't think so? Listen to John 5, 17. It confirms this. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My Father is 
always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. The Apostle Paul worked hard. How do you know that? Well, it's because he tells us in 1 Corinthians 4.12, Paul said, we work hard with our own hands. Paul was not only an apostle who preached the gospel, but also an entrepreneur who ran a tent making business. 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says, for even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. I know they're harsh words. We need to work diligently. If you work diligently, you can expect it to benefit you. God wants to bless you through your work is point number three. Deuteronomy 15.10 says, give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, because of your work, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. Psalm 128 verse 2 says, you will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Proverbs 12 11 says, those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. Do you hear that message coming loud and clear? God wants to bless you through your work. He wants to give to you generously. He wants there to be fruit from what you're doing, what he's called you to do. But if there's no fruit, is it totally what God wants you to do? The fourth point that I learned in my study is that God wants bosses to treat their employees right. Now, a lot of you struggle with boss issues. The first reason people find themselves disgruntled at work has to do with leadership woes. A huge proponent of not liking your job. I heard a joke and I think it gets this point across. A question was asked at a workplace seminar. Why don't employees discuss their problems and frustrations to their management? You can't discuss your malaria problems with the mosquito. An e-card meme said, this job is a test. It is only a test. If it had been an actual job, you would have received raises, promotions, and other signs of appreciation. But again, this is not what God wants for your work. And if you're an employer, you best be treating your staff right because God cares about how you treat them. Deuteronomy 24 verse 14 says, Do not take advantage of a hired worker who is poor and needy, whether that worker is a fellow Israelite or a foreigner residing in one of your towns. Way back, even in Old Testament times, it was important to God how employers treated their employees. And as far as I can read, he hasn't changed his mind. Revive Our Hearts with Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth is committed to calling women to freedom, fullness, and fruitfulness in Christ. As the author of over 20 books and leader of the True Woman Movement, Nancy has dedicated her life to introducing and guiding women through biblical womanhood. Revive Our Hearts with Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth, weekdays at 11.30 a.m., right here on Joy, hometown Christian radio for the GTA. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. We're back talking about how it's wise to make this a Labor Day assessment time as we use the top 10 of God's thoughts on your work to be the guide. We're at number five. God wants you to enjoy your work. And I hope you really pay attention to this point because I think 
everything hinges on this point. God doesn't want you to be in a job you hate. It shouldn't be like the meme I saw from an e-card a friend sent me a long time ago. It was an image of a girl on her bed, knees pulled up to her chest with her hand covering her eyes in stress, with the caption below, the first five days after the weekend are always the hardest. No, this is not what God wants. God wants you to enjoy your work. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 22 says, So I saw that there is nothing better than for a person to enjoy their work because that is their lot. For who can bring them to see what will happen after them? To be honest, I get not enjoying your work. I used to despise my job. Years ago, I co-owned a company in the automotive tier one industry and fulfilled the role as the director of finance and operations, doing a lot of things that didn't make me happy. As the business grew and succeeded, I was expected to pull back from ministry work and that pretty much sucked the life right out of me because sometimes your job can be the means that God uses to fund your ministry. But that's just a side note to this story. My unsettled and unfulfilled meter was growing at a much greater pace than the business. And some of the reasons why became clear when I took a Berkman assessment and heard the results. The career coach confirmed why I wasn't fitting into this role. The report of my assessment showed the top three passions on my list were nothing I was doing in my job, and my top three were in the 90th percentile. As the career coach explained that anything over 90 was not a want, but a need for you to fulfill. As I sat and listened to him talk, I recognized that I wasn't doing anything that my personality needed. The assessment also revealed that the majority of the duties involved in my role were classified in the areas where I scored below the 50th percentile mark. When the coach explained how anything below 50% and even close to it would be draining activities, the lights and sirens were going off in my head. My top three were number one, persuasion, which are roles where you talk to explain things to people. Number two was social service, an interest in helping people. And number three was literary, the love of writing. My role as director of finance and operations didn't engage my top two passions at all, which left me feeling empty. The way I got to at least fulfill one of the top three was in the area of writing. Although not writing what I was passionate about, I created extensive staff training manuals for each role and the girls who worked for me all expressed how much it helped them to fulfill their roles and made their jobs easier. Fast forward to my life now when I'm living out who God created me to be. You're listening to me today on a radio and podcast show. You might have heard about this show through the Soul H2O Splash, my online ministry for women, where we hold monthly online meetings and one day they're going to be live events where I get to speak and often lead the women in Bible study. Or maybe you heard about the show back in the day when I was traveling and speaking at events in the pre-pandemic days. Or could it be that you heard about it because you were reading one of my books, taking my online course or online searching for devotions and started reading them on my website? 
I think you'll see that I'm now living out what my Berkman assessment revealed. I'm speaking and writing to help people come to know that God loves them and he has a plan and a purpose for their lives that is good and fulfilling and will make you happy. I'm finally living out Ecclesiastes 3.22 and enjoying my work. Yeah, it's still work. And the paycheck is a pittance compared to my former role as Director of Finance and Operations. But it's so fulfilling. I wouldn't trade money for fulfillment ever. But if you could marry the two, how awesome would that be? I'll tell you when I get there. The famous comedian George Burns got it right when he said, I'd rather be a failure at something I love than succeed at something I hate. I concur. God wants you to prosper in your work is point number six. Sometimes we think that our working is to help our boss or the company to prosper, which I believe God wants too. But Psalm 90 verse 17 makes it clear that God wants you to prosper and that he wants to show you favor through your employment. Psalm 90 verse 17 says, may the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. God wants to do something in and through you. He uses your job to do this. I'm not just talking about money here. Prospering goes way beyond financial success. It's talking about growing healthy as a human. God will use your co-workers, the stuff you work on, and even your boss to work out things in your life so that you prosper if you let him into your workplace experience. And that work in you can cause him to work through you. Number seven is that God likes when you work with others. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. I wouldn't be able to do this show if it wasn't for Matt, Mike, Georgia, and so many others at Joy Radio. No one is a lone ranger. Even he had Tonto to help. Batman had Robin and you have, well, you fill in the blank. God especially likes it when we work together in unity and episode two talks all about that. The eighth point that I learned about is that God wants you to have the right priority for working. John 6, 27 teaches that God doesn't want your motivation for work to be for things, approval, or temporary gain. Your aim in life should always be for eternal gain, even at work. Wherever you are, whatever you do, your mission should be God's eternal purposes. John 6, 27 says, Do not work for food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. God approves of you. You don't need to find your approval in your work, other people's opinions. Nothing else should be your source of approval. And you've already got that. Acts 20 verse 35 shows us how God desires for us to work hard so we can help the weak, the poor, and be giving. You are blessed to become a blessing. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I think the millennial generation is getting this right more than any other generation. 
In a CBS News report on why so many Americans hate their jobs, they explain an interesting fact that came out of the research. The reporter Harder said, Millennials want jobs that allow them to do what they do best, grow professionally, and offer a sense of purpose, among other things. Higher pay tends to be a secondary consideration for them when deciding whether to change jobs. He added, We have a new breed of workers with a different expectation than boomers. They're seeking a career, not just a job. You see, in generations past, people chose professions based on the rate of pay, compensation, and perks. Decisions were not based on whether you liked the job. Rather, choices were made if you could get more cash. Climbing the proverbial workplace ladder has been the goal in order to get more cash. Thankfully, this new generation sees purpose in seeing their workplace as a place of enjoyment, a place of purpose. And I think we need to learn from them. Point number nine is that God isn't impressed when you work too much. He wants you to get a break. And that's why our government celebrates a Labor Day holiday and actually forces employers to give the day off or compensate extra if you have to work for it in most cases. Luke 10 verse 40 says, But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. This story is so common for us girls because we can relate to these two sisters who are so different. Mary, who sat down and just listened to Jesus, and Martha, who couldn't stop working in the kitchen. It's interesting to note that this story is included in Luke's gospel, just one chapter after the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Maybe we've been missing one of the points he was trying to emphasize here with Martha's busy bee activities. Her incessant working maybe was a sign of not enough trust in God because if he can feed 5,000 people just, you know, a chapter before, I think he can take care of a few dinner party guests. God isn't impressed when you work too much. In Genesis 2, 2-3, it says, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he rested from all the work of creating all that he had done. Okay, I need to say it again in case you missed it. God isn't impressed when you work too much. God isn't impressed when you work too much. I don't know why I think that I don't need to rest when even God did. Hebrews 4.10 says that whoever enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. You need to be like God. You need to rest from your work. Exodus 20 verse 8 verse 11 and then Exodus 31.15 all mention how God wants his people to rest one day of the week. Exodus 31 verse 17 makes it clear that God wanted you to forever take one day a week off to rest. When talking about the Sabbath, a day of rest, God said that it was to be a sign between him and his people. Get this, forever. Because in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, but on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. God wants you to get refreshed. It's not God's intention that work should leave you depleted. The interesting thing to note is that God wanted this for all his people. Sometimes our society makes it okay for the wealthy to take time off and rest, but it pressures those who don't make as much money to keep working in order to make more money. 
This too was never God's intention. God values you no matter what your pay stub shows. Deuteronomy 5.14 makes this clear. It says the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord our God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes your sons and daughters, male and female servants, your oxen and donkeys and other livestock and any foreigners living among you. All your male and female servants must rest as you do. God wants you to work hard, but he commands you to rest with equal intensity. If you're an employer, note how God commands that they let their servants have rest from work too. It might not be the same day of the week as you get to rest, but the principle is the same. It's your job to make sure that your employees get rest and they can't rest if they're not paid enough to make ends meet or aren't given time off. And point number 10 is that God wants you to know that anything you work on for him is not a waste of time even if it doesn't make enough money. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor for the Lord is not in vain. Hebrews six ten, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. 1 Timothy 4.10 says, That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. God has a lot to say in His Word about what He wants your work to look like, and He wants you to assess your work through His lens in these 10 areas. Your work is important to God, so make it important to you. My challenge for you this week is to subscribe to the Soul H2O podcast and listen to the points on the podcast version as you complete your own assessment. I want to help you move towards enjoying your work. Confucius wisely said, choose a job you love and you will never have to work a day in your life. Steve Jobs said, your work is going to fill a large part of your life. And the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. As with all matters of the heart, you'll know when you find it. And like any great relationship, it just gets better and better as the years roll on. Pablo Picasso said, My mother said to me, If you become a soldier, you'll be a general. If you become a monk, you'll end up as the Pope. Instead, I became a painter and wound up as Picasso. Aim high and recognize God has a purpose for your work. Your job is important to God. Make it important to you. From all of us here at Joy Radio, we're so glad you joined us for episode 78 of the Soul H2O Radio and Podcast Show. Make sure to check out the show notes for deeper insights and the work assessment download. Come back next Saturday for our anniversary show celebrations and contest. Until then, I'm praying you stay blessed and refreshed. We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. 
Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.